after Monday night's debacle, the Saints can do one of two things. They can just keep on doing what they're doing and finish 6-11, and 11, maybe 7-10 and 10 if they're lucky, or they can make changes and have a chance. Which one's it going to be? We're going to tell you what we think coming up on Datitude next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And bless the hearts of all my friends out there who are still holding out hope that these Saints can make something of this 2022 season. Oh, my goodness. In just a moment, I'm going to offer Derry's dime, which, look, in reality, it's probably only worth a nickel, but we'll let you decide that. This is Datitude episode number 113 for a Tuesday, November the 8th, 2022, Election Day. And I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times-Picayune, the advocate, and bet.nola.com. I was going to come up with some kind of Election Day theme, but I don't think we'd vote very many of these Saints guys in, so I decided to scrap that. I mean, really, there's only one way to describe what I and you and everyone else who is watching, whether it be in the Caesars Superdome or whether it be at home on your couch or standing up screaming at the TV or whatever it was. The only way to describe it was painful. Painful to watch. Baltimore Ravens 27, New Orleans Saints 13, and it wasn't even kind of that close. For the third time this season, the Saints failed to follow up a win with another win. And, you know, technically it's not over, but it's kind of over, right? I mean, three and six sure feels like it's over. Even with Atlanta and Tampa Bay standing just one game ahead at four and five, I mean, realistically, does it feel like the Saints team has it in them to take charge? Repeated chances over and over again. They keep getting them. They got a reprieve. This division stinks. They keep getting reprieves. They keep spitting them back out. And at this point, look, I'm going to get to the dime in a minute. This is not part of the dime. But, you know, thinking about it after I wrote the dime, which I'm going to read to you in a moment. But, I mean, is it time to start laying a little lumber on Dennis Allen? I mean, most success- think about the successful coaches this season. Think about the guys who have been a surprise. Robert Sala in New York, New York Jets. They beat the Buffalo Bills this week. What do we think the Saints would do against the Buffalo Bills? We saw it last year with Sean Payton as coach. Got destroyed. I mean, that, Brian Dable, the Giants, 6-2 and two Giants. Tony Sirianni from Philadelphia in his second year. What are the Eagles doing? They're undefeated. Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota, 7-1. People keep calling the Vikings 
a mirage or a facade or whatever you want to call them. You know what I call them? Seven and one. What do all those guys have in common? They've all rallied their troops. They all obviously have their teams behind them. I'm not saying the Saints aren't behind Dennis Allen. But what I am saying is, I, I, I mean, I'm not saying guys have got to be rah-rah and all this and blah, blah, blah. I mean, Kevin O'Connell isn't that huge of a rah-rah guy, but you can just see there is emotion there. I don't see any emotion from Dennis Allen. I haven't seen it, except in a few rare cases. I made a joke last week about him pumping a fist. I think he was super fired up because he beat his former employer. I mean, if, if he keeps going like this, he's going to be able to pump his fist one day when he beats the Saints because he's not going to be here very long. Something's got to change. There's one main change that needs to happen that I know a lot of you aren't agree with, but I, I'm going to beg you to listen to me. We're going to talk about that in the dime. But what about, it's, and it's not just the, the, the new school guys. Think about the experienced guys. Andy Reid has the respect of everyone on that team. Kyle Shanahan is, I mean, already kind of an old school coach, even though he's a fairly young dude. I mean, there's, of course, there's Bill Belichick. And what about Mike Vrabel? The Tennessee Titans. They went to Kansas City, led deep into the fourth quarter with no quarterback. And I mean, I'm talking about no quarterback. Andy Dalton would make Malik Willis look like, I don't know. I mean, Andy Dalton looks like Tom Brady compared to Malik Willis. But they got Derrick Henry while the Saints have Alvin Kamara. Tennessee has no talent at wide receiver, or very little. They're banged up, and they play solid defense. And yet they're 5-3 and three and came within a whisker of beating the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. Mike Vrabel. The Saints don't have Sean Payton anymore. I mean, instead they have, I mean, you got your ass kicked. And what did we hear last night? I mean, I want someone that's going to be pissed off. There are times, you don't have to be pissed off every time you lose. But when you lose a game like that and you, and you just, you basically, the offense just kind of shows up. The defense I'm going to get to it in a little bit. I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to spoil my dime. But the defense was on the field all game. It's not their fault. I thought they played actually fairly well. We talk about the Saints' record against running quarterbacks. It isn't good. But I thought they did okay. They, They, for the most part, held Lamar and Jackson much more in check than I assumed they would. Somebody's got to motivate somebody. Somebody's got to kick somebody's ass. Instead, this is what we hear. Okay, obviously a disappointing loss. Um, you know, I think you got to give those guys credit. I think they came in and played really well, had a good game plan against us. Uh, they made it difficult for us, um, really kind of in all phases. Um, it's a good team that we played, and, and uh, they were the better team tonight. You think they were the better team? I mean, that's all I get. I mean, you're, you're just talking about, oh, they were really good. Well, I mean, you won 24 to nothing last week. I don't care if that, that Vegas stinks. Who cares if Vegas stinks? You beat an NFL team 24 to nothing, and you come back and lay an egg at home, 
in front of that crowd celebrating the Dome Patrol with that crap? I mean, sure, just keep doing what you're doing. Leads him into my dime, and we're going to hear more from Dennis Allen because part of his press conference last night has to do with what I'm about to say in my dime. Here it is. You know, obviously there's a ton of bad news. But believe it or not, there is some good news for all the geniuses out there who have been clamoring for Andy Dalton to remain the Saints' daughter. What is that good news, Derry? Well, the Jameis Winston era obviously has come to an end. Sure, Winston remains on the team's roster, but if Dennis Allen wouldn't put him in in this game, then we can, be all, we can all be pretty sure that barring injury, he'll never see the field again. Because there was no need at all last night to make a quarterback change, right? Nah. And for those of you cursing at your phones or your iPads or calling me a dummy or a moron or yelling at your car radio, I ask you this. Please listen to me with an open mind for the next five minutes or so. Hear me out. On the way home following listening to the same old coach speak that I just played part of part of it for you and the player fluff comments that I'm not going to play on this show today because I don't want to hear them again. I listened to a local radio station's post-game show. I think we all know which one. And I heard the following. Would this game have been any different with Jameis Winston in there? Hell no. My response to that is, how in all that is holy could anyone possibly know that? If you've been listening to this podcast on a regular basis, or even occasionally, you've heard me say Andy Dalton is a surefire way to finish 6-11 or possibly 7-10. Done deal. Mark it in the books. O-V-E-R. He proved that theory last night. I said Friday and Monday I thought the Ravens would win this game for two reasons. The Saints don't fare that well against running quarterbacks and that Baltimore has a top-notch run defense, which means this game was going to fall on the shoulders of the quarterback. And I can't tell you how pissed I am at myself for allowing the late money coming in on the Saints to keep me away from betting the Ravens. I, I, I listened to the Sharps. I wasn't going to bet on the Saints, but they, they got me to back off of the Ravens. I don't know what they saw, but whatever they saw... I was right and they were wrong. Throughout much of his career, not just now as an old washed-up quarterback, but when the game's been placed on his shoulders, Dalton has been mediocre at best. What is he now? 8-21 and 21 or something like that in prime time? The only games he can even be looked at as mediocre are the ones that Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill have had great games. In the two victories the Saints have won with Dalton at the helm, the opposing defenses at the time had the 30th-ranked run defense, Seattle, and the 24th-ranked run defense, Las Vegas, which had a clubhouse full of the flu the week leading up to this game, or the week leading up to that game. Any team, and I mean any team that has a top 12 or so run defense, the Saints have almost no chance unless they're going up against an inept offense and they win the game 10-7. to 
Well, how does that make Jameis Winston the answer, Derry? Well, I'll repeat what I've said 10 or 20 times or 30 maybe this season. If the Saints were on top of the NFC South by a game or within shouting distance of the playoff teams, I'd be less adamant about the switch. I'd be okay to go the safe route with a winning team. This clearly is not a winning team. And the only chance they have is to take a gamble. It, even now, it's not too late with this crappy division they play in. But Jameis Winston throws interceptions. Yeah, so does Andy Dalton. Lots of them. But even when Jameis Winston doesn't throw picks, he's inaccurate. Really? You want to know what their career completion percentages are? Jameis Winston's is 61.3. Yeah, it's not great. What do we think? How much higher do you think Andy Dalton's is? Try 1%. He's 62.3% for his career. That's for his career. Much less as a guy that's closer to 40 than 30. Even during the game, just like the aforementioned radio host that I mentioned, I had friends texting me, well, Jameis wouldn't have done any better. Again, how the hell do you possibly know? How do you know? I don't understand the hate. Is it that his personality doesn't mesh with yours? Does him eating the dub bother you so much that you'd rather to continue to watch the red water pistol miss wide open receivers in the end zone or hold on to the ball until he's pounded into submission? Is the only intelligent response I can get to why we don't want Jameis Winston in there is the only intelligent response, nanny, nanny, boo-boo. Because that's all I'm getting. I have yet to hear one reasonable explanation of why they'd rather Andy Dalton in than Jameis Winston. Was Andy Dalton the only reason the Saints lost to the, to the Ravens? Of course not. Some former Saints quarterback with a Cajun accent was blabbering on last night about how bad the defense was on Monday night. Well, of course they were bad. They won the gosh darn field all night. The Ravens had the ball for nearly two-thirds of the game. Two-thirds. 38 minutes to 22. The final play count, just like the final score, was completely misleading. The Ravens ran 65 plays to the Saints 49. But at one point just before halftime, it was 33-13. to 13. Andy three and out Dalton. How come any sane person can understand if you bang your head against a wall multiple times, it's going to hurt? But you don't, you don't get, you run the same offense with the same quarterback, you're going to get the same results. You don't understand that. As a starter, Jameis Winston is 6-3 and three as the Saints quarterback. Andy Dalton is two and five. Those are the only starts, uh, the only stats that matter. Any change coming? What does the coach think? Uh, Dennis, did you consider at any point making a change at quarterback? No, I didn't. Um, look, we, 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 there was a lot that, that wasn't good offensively tonight, you know, and so there's a lot of dirty hands in that. Dennis, you mentioned the last two weeks you're committed to Andy at quarterback as long as the offense continues to perform. Does a game like this change that at all? No, I think this is a this is a you know over the last whatever it's been five weeks. I think our offense has has 
been pretty good and, and moved the ball effectively. This was not a good game tonight. Uh, you know, so uh, we'll evaluate as we move forward. But um, I'm looking at this as a, as a we had a bad day at the office offensively tonight, and, and we've got to improve from it. You moved the ball effectively in the other games because you played a crappy run defense and Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill went hog wild, which in turn allowed the red water pistol to be able to complete some passes and actually look like he knew what he was doing or could actually get things done. I like Andy Dalton. I think he's a nice guy. In fact, I know he's a nice guy. I, I, you could just see. He's a dude I would certainly like to go hang around with one day. Although, after if he heard any of this, I'm sure he'd never want to talk to me. Other than answer the questions in a professional manner because he's a professional. But, I mean, when it comes to Jameis Winston, I mean, I gave the stats that matter. The record. You might not like him. You might cringe every time you see him wind his right arm up. The only chance the Saints have to pull themselves out of this man-made crater is to make a change at the most important position on the football field. Otherwise, we already know the outcome of the 2022 season. All that being said, from what I saw Monday night on the turf of the Caesars Superdome, what I heard from the man in charge during the post-game press conference, which I played a couple of quotes from, it appears as if the majority of the pig-headed hoodats will get their wish. Status quo. So there is good news for some of you. And that's a damn shame. This season had so much promise. And now, it has nothing left but a pipe dream. And that's my dime. Look, if you didn't agree with me before my little rant, you probably still don't. I hope you at least heard me out. But I said when Dennis Allen made this decision a few weeks ago, that this is the kind of decision that gets coaches fired. And barring some radical shift, I mean, it looks to me like Allen's going to be a one-and-done coach. This isn't a team that has the type of talent that A is going to stick around and get just get better because they're getting older on defense. There are, I mean, there the injuries are continue to pile up. That's a whole another story for another show. Is it the training staff? Is it the medical staff? What the hell's going on on that end of things? That's a whole another show. That's probably more for the for the off season. Something's going on there. I've never seen a Saints team have more injuries the past couple of years than this one's had ever. I've been watching this team since I was a little kid back in the early 70s and mid-70s. As far back as I can remember. That's as far back as I can remember anyway. Mid-70s. I went to a game at Tulane Stadium. I was a little kid, but I went there. That's how old I am. And I've never seen a team, a Saints team, with this many injuries over the past year and a half. Something's got to be done there, too. There needs to be a lot of changes. This is the first time in 14 years a Saints team has gone this deep into a season without winning back-to-back games. And I just I didn't realize how much we'd miss Sean Payton. I've said this before. I really didn't. What would Dennis Allen have done as, as a head coach of that cluster blank this team had last year? I mean, you go back and think, how the hell did Payton win nine games with that bunch? And I don't, I don't want you to turn me off. 
I mean, I, I know some of you have turned me off already. But as Phil Anselmo says in our open, I tell it the way it is, or at least the way that I think it is. And the way I know it is, is this team isn't going to be better anytime soon. I'm not just talking about this season. No first-round draft pick in 2023, and they are cash-strapped. I mean, really cash-strapped. Even Mickey Loomis and, and company can't work their magic out, I don't think, with this for at least the next two, year, two years. I mean, the cap hits for Marshawn Lattimore and Michael Thomas alone, just those two guys, next year, well over $60 million. $60 million. Just for those two next year. $45 million in 2024. How are they going to bring in a quarterback? I mean, you, got, I mean, you don't want Jameis Winston as your quarterback. Like, it's easy to just go out and get a quarterback. They don't have any money. I mean, forget about Lamar Jackson, who is going to be a free agent and is going to get paid. They're going to have to get extremely lucky in the draft or find a journeyman willing to come here on a cheap one-year deal that somehow pans out. Free agents coming up, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, maybe. Is he going to be willing to come to New Orleans for about $6 million, $7 million? Why would he? The other potential free agents, Tom Brady. I mean, he's going to really retire this time, right? And even if he wasn't, A, he wouldn't come here if, if he wasn't going to retire, if he was going to stick around. Not at this point. Not without Sean Payton here. And B, we don't need a 46-year-old noodle-arm quarterback. God bless him. Don't ever say anything bad about Drew Brees, but we saw a noodle on for two years. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but God, Dawn, I miss him. I mean, I'd rather the 10-yard, 15-yard dink and dunk and every now and then bring in Taysom to throw the bomb than what I'm seeing here because we don't want Jameis Winston I mean, who else? Geno Smith? Is he going to continue? Is he going to have another one of these seasons next year? Is this a one-year thing? I mean, he's going to cost about $7 million next year. He's probably going to stay with Seattle anyway. Wouldn't you think? They're the ones that gave him a chance. If they want him back, he's going to go there. And Seattle is doing well enough to where they're not going to have a high draft pick anyway. Daniel Jones is going to stay in New York. He's a free agent, but I'd be shocked if he doesn't stay with the Giants. They're on the right way up, and I think Dayball likes them. That's why they brought him in there. The rest of the names of free agents include the likes of Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum, Jacoby Brissett, Taylor Heineke, Cooper Rush, and a 38-year-old Joe Flacco. Oh, and Andy Dalton will be a free agent once again. But even with all that, I don't see Winston being anywhere else but here. So... Now you're disenfranchising Jameis Winston. You're disengaging him. And you're basically stuck with him for next year anyway. He's under contract next year. He's an $11.2 million dead cap hit, which means that even if he's cut, that money counts towards the cap. You're not going to cut a guy and just take the $11.2 million cap hit, not in his position, not unless you're going to get some quarterback quarterback 
that you knew was going to be a stud starter. There is no stud starter. There's no one. The Saints are in a bad way. That's why I think, not just for now, for the future. I mean, put him out. What do you have to lose? What do you possibly have to lose by putting Jameis Winston in right now? Because you don't want to see it? Tough crap. You don't want to see Jameis Winston play quarterback. You're just, you're just fighting and pig-headed about it. Or you're on, on my side. I, I said it when they were, what, two and three or whatever the hell their record was, or one and th- I don't even remember now. It's all a blur. It's all the same thing. But I, I said it then. You make Andy Dalton the starter. You can put, you don't need to even use a pencil. Use a pen. Six and 11, seven and 10 tops if you're lucky. Do we, have we seen anything that makes that fact not true? No. They might not win six games with Andy Dalton as quarterback the rest of the year. Think about where they got to go. If they don't win next week at Pittsburgh and, and I don't mean or, I mean and, they don't win next week at Pittsburgh and at home against an equally as poor Los Angeles Rams team at home, which, by the way, is pretty good against the run, then six games is going to have to be lowered because you got tripped to San Francisco. You got a trip to a Philadelphia team that is undefeated. You got a trip to Cleveland and Deshaun Watson. You got a trip to Tampa Bay. Oh, Tampa Bay's not any good. No, but they're better than you right now. And I'm not just talking about their record. As screwed up as Tampa Bay is, they're better than the Saints right now. You got Atlanta, better than the Saints right now. So honestly, the only two teams that I think the Saints are certainly better than right now on this remaining schedule are Pittsburgh and Carolina. And it wouldn't shock me at all if they went and laid an egg next week. If they lay an egg next week, if they lose to Pittsburgh, it might be a four or five win season. Can you see them trying the rest of the way? Because the team gave up last night. Michael Thomas gave up. Marshawn Lattimore didn't give up, but from what I'm hearing, I don't know that he's coming back this year. He's, he's got a major injury. That's going to come out soon, and we're going to talk about it more soon. I mean, it's not a secret. Why isn't he on IR? He missed his fourth game last night. That's another thing. I, d- I just look, this team has so many flaws. I don't want to blame it all on Andy Dalton because I don't blame it all on Andy Dalton. I don't want that to be misconstrued. But this team needs a kick in the pants. It needs some kind of life, even if the, internally the players don't like Jameis Winston, which is a possibility. Even if the players internally were begging for Andy Dalton, which is a possibility. Nobody's begging for Andy Dalton right now. There isn't a soul in that locker room that's begging for Andy Dalton right now. And even Andy Dalton would understand. You got to make a change. Who gives a rat's ass if Jameis Winston comes in 
next week against Pittsburgh or the Rams and throws three picks, you don't know what he's going to do. He might win two games in a row because if this win, if this team wins, if you put Jameis Winston now on a short week and nobody has a chance to like really just dwell on what happened and they just go to work and they just do their damn jobs and they win next week and they get a little momentum and then they win the following week, a two-game winning streak, it's happened before. They're five and six. And at that point, five and six may be good enough to be tied for the division lead. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they'll still be one back. Who knows? But who wants to keep watching the same old crap over and over again? I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm paid to, to watch it, so whatever they do, I'm going to watch it anyway. But um, we all know the outcome. All right, well, if you've made it this far, I certainly appreciate you listening to, to my, my, my pitch, I guess. Uh, and you're kind of a masochist, by the way. If you've made it this far, man, you, you either have nothing else to listen to, nothing else to do, or you're just a masochist. Because there was nothing positive about this. And there's not a lot of positive things to say about this team right now. But maybe it'll change. I mean, and I'm serious. I, I think if you make a change, I think things can, it's possible. It's not likely, but it's possible. I mean, I keep thinking about my tickets, my over seven and a half win tickets. I mean, I thought that was like the surest bet on the planet. That's like, to me, was like the closest thing to a sure thing that I'm ever going to get in this business as the sports betting writer. How can that not win? They went 9-8 and eight with, that, with all the injuries they had last year. I didn't know they were going to have all the injuries again this year. And I didn't know they were going to play like, like they were going to work with a lunch pail and they were welding steel. Because they're not playing like they're playing football. Nobody looks like they're having fun. Got to have fun. Even multi-millionaire professional athletes, you got to have fun to win, I think. You certainly have to have chemistry. I don't think they have either one of those things. And I'm not saying Jameis Winston's going to bring them chemistry, at least not early on. But if he goes in there and wins a couple of games, you know as well as I do, winning changes everything. Well, that's going to about do it for our special Tuesday edition of the Datitude Podcast. We will be back on Thursday with... Uncle Big Nick and make our best bet picks. By the way, I do have good news. If you've been following my best bets, you are winning some money. I mean, I'm not trying to just pump up myself. I mean, although I am, but how can you not? I mean, I'm 32 and 13 with my best bets against the spread. If you're not following, you're not winning. I'm giving you freebies. Two weeks of two weeks in a row of four and one. Uh, I mean, you don't know when it's going to end because I'm not stupid enough to think that this is, this is sustainable for an entire season. I'm, I mean, I'm just saying, realistically, the best pro better in the world, his best season ever is probably 65 to 68%. And over the course of a career, maybe 58%, the best, the best prognosticator on the planet. So this is not sustainable. I get it. But you ride the hot hand while it's hot. And that's me. Um, Uncle Big Nick has been hit or miss. But he's 
been fun to listen to. We're going to do it again on Thursday. And then Friday, it'll be Duncan and I, as we always are, live at 9.15. If you don't catch it live on any of the NOAA.com and bet.noah.com social media platforms, and you come back here where you listen to your podcast because it'll be here on Datitude. Um, after we're done, I'll add my monologue and put it up here. But for now, you know what? If we can't have fun watching them right now, we can think back to the glory days, right? Life will pass you by if you let it. And when you get to my age, it just goes fast anyway, no matter whether you let it or not. Because it's, I'm telling you, man, it's crazy. It, it, even in a bad Saints season, and we didn't even talk about LSU. We did that yesterday. But even in a bad season, it still flies by. It's crazy. So live through them glory days. Have a good time with it. We will talk to you on Thursday and on Friday. It's a four-show week. What else could you ask for? Four datitudes in one week. We'll be back Thursday. Until then, have a great week, boys and girls, and get out there and vote. I don't care who you vote for. Just get out there and vote. We'll talk to you later. Peace and love, my friends. Oh, yeah.